live from the back of a green sea turtle traveling the EAC along the Great Barrier Reef, and brought to you by Naked J Vodka. Let the fun fly. I'm Delmon. And I'm Malicious. And this is EQ2Talk. This is episode number 48, and we are recording on July 21st, 2012. Happy birthday, Mom. And Allie, why don't we still have theme music? You know, I've been really hard at work on Delmon's annual podcast performance review. Your sit-down will be next week. Wow, I hope I do well, because I really hate to have to let me go. Well, I know it has been a little while since we have recorded, and Allie and I both do apologize for that. We have had some uh, scheduling problems come up recently. Nothing important, nothing more than just real life, Uh, cookouts, uh, illnesses, uh, family in from out of town, uh, going on the tours of Parade of Homes. So we've been kind of busy, but uh, I think we want to get back into the swing of it. Well, we'd like to try. All right. So while we're swinging, Allie, uh, I think we have a couple of emails, don't we? Yeah, I can start out. We have a nice little note here from Meat Grinder. Mm, Meat. Meat. And Meat Grinder writes, hi, Del and Allie. I was just listening to episode 47, and you were discussing scrying, shiny collections, factions, and a lot of other things I haven't finished yet either. And it made me think of those Egyptian-style runes that drop in the dungeon off of Sinking Sands. I was wondering if you could fill us in on what they were used for, and if there's any achievement reward associated with them. Thanks for the great podcast, signed Meat Grinder of Butcher Block. So, Del, what do you make of those Egyptian-style runes? Well, what I make of them is, sadly, there is no achievement for them, so uh, sorry to disappoint there, but... Uh, those are used in the quest line uh, that uh, is one of the uh, signature quests, one of the major story arcs of the uh, Desert of Flames expansion, if you remember that one, Ali, way, way back. Yes, way back. Yes. Uh, so when you are finding your way through living tombs, you are getting these uh, cartouche-like items uh, that you uh, use later in the quest line. <laughs> you- Did you just? Say cartouche in a sentence. Did say cartouche in a sentence, yes. Am am I not? Can I not use Egypt speak here? Is that uh, no good? Feel free. All right. All right. I I can count on on one hand the number of times I've been able to use the word cartouche. Yes, I'll I'll admit it does not come up every day in casual conversation. I I know you won't be sitting around the dinner table uh, with your family and up comes a full discussion on cartouche. But just in case... Uh, you take these 
things then, Allie, this stuff, this dropped loot that you get, and uh, you place it into uh, monoliths that are scattered throughout uh, living tombs uh, and no spawn names that you have to uh, kill for the quest on your way to meet uh, God King Anuk, who was the uh, end boss raid mob there in the Temple of Life in uh, in the expansion. So uh, the, that is what those are. They are, can I say the word one more time? Yes. They are cartouches with hieroglyphs on them. Interesting little side story, though, Ellie. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember this, but if you remember back in the day, uh, some of them were no trade. And I, and I thought that was quite mean-spirited. And I uh, always remember the one with far in its name and uh, because I had a dog of a time uh, getting that. It was very frustrating to get the far rune uh, that I needed to uh, stuff into the monolith so I could advance the quest. P-H-A-R. It was, yes, P-A-R. Yeah, I think I had trouble with that one, too. Yeah, I don't know. It it seemed, uh, you know, making something like that no trade, uh, mean-spirited, I think. Required a lot of uh, dungeon crawling and a lot of dungeon grinding. Uh, Yes, I did say grinding as well, uh, to to get all those. uh, But uh, I'm very glad that is something that is uh, well in the rearview mirror for us uh, by today's standards. Well, I mean, for a signature quest a major storyline at the time, I think it made sense to have it be a little bit, a little bit of a challenge. Don't you think? Uh, you needed so many of them. I mean, there was, I think one for every letter of their alphabet and to gather them all and have all the right ones when you were on that right step of the quest, because I think they were random drops off any of the mummies or, uh, those undead knoll things down there. Uh, I don't know if there's still no trade, but I would argue if they are, they should be changed at this point because I can't imagine being down there by yourself trying to solo and get the one rare uh, cartouche that you need. Well, the thing is, they really drop like flies now. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, they didn't do that back well, in the day. Let they me were... ask you, how fast do flies drop? I've never actually <laughs> seen a fly drop. Could you put that in context? Well, there are why well, don't I don't know hundred billion flies. Okay, five hundred billion flies. No idea, in, but in I'll the take world, that. so they must drop more frequently than birds, for example. Okay, yeah. Well, I got to be honest. Maybe that's why they're saying uh, they drop like birds. You don't hear that. Uh, apparently, flies drop just when I'm not looking. I guess. Okay. I think I must have used it in the wrong context. But anyway, you get my idea. Yes. My, dr- my drift. Uh, I get your drift, I think. Let's move on, Del. You have the next one. I do. And the next email is from uh, Penga Finches. And Penga Finches uh, entitles his email uh, Permagrin! Exclamation point. <laughs> Hi. Latest podcast was great. When there's nothing else to do, I'm slaughtering froglocks for the destroyer title. But I don't feel that I'm betraying my race as they're undead, so I'm really doing them a favor. Releasing them from the curse. Did you do yours as well in Guck? Also, going for the 40 mount title, but trying not to buy too many. Getting all the quested drop ones I can first. Just got my abysmal carpet from the Kern's Emperor's collection. Working my way through the Beast Lord epic at the moment, Congrats to the devs for making one that actually is a challenge. This one certainly is not finished in an afternoon solo, 
and definitely requires the help of others to group and kill some challenging mobs, up to 98 triple ups. Thanks to all on Splitpar who are currently rallying to the frequent call of Calowan and her flaming piglet warder. With the regards to your gotta collect them all shiny compulsion, Dell, I'm afraid to say there's four green shiny collections to complete on this one. Maybe if they can bring in a class change quest, you can change to a BL. Oh, Beast Lord. Mm-hmm. Not bacon lettuce. <laughs> Do the shinies, then get back to Templar again. Regards to someone's point about leveling adorning skills a few shows back, there's an easier way. Just buy a bunch of powders, craft them into shards, and then back again, repeatedly using the distillation recipes. Oops, I've been feeding the beast again, I'm afraid. Had a bunch of station cash, not bought, mind you, from my monthly subscription, and got the new carpet. Finally, one that can actually fly. But would like to use one of the other carpets for appearance. Not allowed yet, though, but I'm just putting that idea on the forums. Anyhow, thanks again for the loot and the great show. Cheers, Penga Finches. So, Ali, do you have uh, any comments on uh, some of the things that Penga Finches writes about here? Yeah, it sounds like he's having a good time with working on the Beast Lord epic. Um, and I have heard it's a bit of a challenge for people, but I think that it's new, whereas the other epics are old at this point. So, of course, they're going to be a lot easier. Um, so it makes sense that the new... You know, the new class epic is hard. It's on par with how hard it was to get your mythical or whatever uh, for the rest of us at the time. The other thing I wanted to comment on is the adorning, um, the distillation recipes. Uh, It's funny. I didn't even know there were distillation recipes until someone pointed it out to me in a group uh, a few weeks ago. That not only can you go uh, up from, what is it? Uh, Fragments whatever. to powders. Right, to right. Manas. Uh, what's the one below mana? Ilu- uh, Ilu- uh, the potion-looking one there. Yeah, I, yeah whatever yes, yes. We all know anyway. what you're talking about. Okay, well, that to the manas. But I didn't realize you could go as well. Uh, I was complaining in group of not having enough uh, fragments, running out of fragments, because all the adornments take six of them. And this friend of mine said, well, you could just make them out of, if you have too many powders, just make, make more fragments. It's like, oh, you can go that way? Apparently, you can go both ways. I did not know this. I have to be honest. I think I knew this, but didn't really remember it either until it was in his email that you can, as you suggest, Ellie, uh, go both ways on this one. Uh, and although I guess for a moment there, I'm thinking, is that kind of like cheating? You make something and you tear it down and get credit for it and then you make it again, tear it down, you're getting credit both ways. But uh, it is out there and it does work and it does serve the pro- purpose that you're talking about where we have uh, so much ornate loot dropping. You <laughs> you can call it ornate crap. I am, Okay. <laughs> Let's call it what it is. I mean that's uh, what you always call it. That is what you always call it when I'm not recording. And, uh, yeah, so we have a lot of that from, like, every name has to now drop an ornate chest, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, for folks like us who are, you know, decked out uberly with fabled gear and all that from raining, uh, it is ornate junk. And uh, I have far more uh, powders than I have of anything else because of that. Uh, I I actually think those are more common than, say, just the uh, uh, adepts that we get, you know, that, that, that make the fragments. Uh, so that that's a great way to you know to get that done, and as as he suggests for skill ups, and I I never would have thought of that. I mean, it's almost kind of uh, uh, 
uh, evilly ingenious, I would say. Yeah, I wouldn't call it cheating because it's available in the game. It's something that's possible. I'm sure they would have thought of that. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I wouldn't really. It's not an exploit or anything like that. I guess I just envisioned him like twirling his uh, handlebar mustache, going mwahahaha, you know, doing it that way. So <laughs> now in my mind, Penge Finch is, is always going to have a big handlebar mustache yes. and an evil grin. Yes, and while he's doing that, he's got like a damsel tied up on a railroad track. He's standing over it. He's skilling up. <laughs> We've ruined images of Sprouts. Why not ruin the image of Penga Finches now, too, right? <laughs> oh, boy. I also had another comment from someone in-game. Okay. Gunolf. He asked us, actually he had written to the show in the past about um, certain items stacking smaller than others, stacking in smaller quantities. Uh, so he had a question for us this time around. Now that level 90 foods are crafted in full stacks, as well as ammo, when are the other tiers going to be switched over? And I think what he means is uh, the newer the newer tier 9 stuff, or sorry, tier 10 stuff stacks to full stacks, whereas the previous tier stuff only stacks to what it used to. Uh, and I did some quick checking to make sure. Ammo... Tier 1 through 9 stacks to 100. That change was made some time ago. But the new stuff stacks to 200. That seems ridiculous. The uh, the alchemy stuff still stacks in 10. But provisioning is another weird one. Uh, the old tiers are all stacks of 2. But the new tiers, the new tier, or half tier, I guess, uh, depending on the duration... Of the item, the stack size is different. So, for example, a 30 minute duration beverage stacks to 100, whereas a five hour duration beverage of the same type stacks to 10. And then there's like a mid range one that's two and a half hour duration that stacks to 20. But the weird thing about it is all of the ones with the same base name have exactly the same stats on them. The only difference is the duration. And that goes for pretty much all the 91 and 92, I think 91 and 92, food and drink. Which, to me, it seems like an additional pointless uh, three times as many recipes as are needed. Wouldn't you think? Perhaps. Because let me first say, I was told that there would be no math during this podcast. (laughs) And that was just like a boatload of numbers. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you lost me at, at the at the one fifth tier mark. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, no. You know what? I think at, at a high level, what it comes down to is, and pardon the pun, too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm. Uh, not comparing the way uh, history has gone versus this new two level tier, and so it's almost as if they have uh, rewritten the book a little bit on how they've decided to do things whether that was intentional or an oversight or just pick a number and stick it on there type of solution, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's certainly an inconsistency that drives uh, long-term players batty. All of a sudden you've been playing one way and then you get into a, a, a new tier and you shift gears all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't necessarily have all the history or you've just been grinding along – 
uh, you don't know the backstory as to why. It is just, well, it is what it is. If I had to guess, it's an oversight. Whoever was doing this didn't look at what it was before and, and stay consistent and just applied their own methodology to it and said, you know, I'm I'm in charge now, so this is what I'm going to do. Uh, and and it is what it is. Uh, maybe they'll go back and, and retrofit everything else, or maybe they'll change what we have to be consistent. But that sounds like a lot of work with very little return to say that we change this just so it's consistent. They would probably just leave it as is. And frankly, my fear of if they were to go back and try to retrofit either, they will certainly um, – how shall I put this correctly? Up. Okay, there we go. And, and, Break and more stuff. Exactly. So uh, to some degree, Allie, maybe you play the allergy. If it ain't broke, you don't fix it mentality to this. And just it is what it is. Well, you could say that about almost anything in the game. Uh, yes, I could. And I uh, and, and I intend to. Well, what, well, why don't you then? Why don't you go ahead and talk about that? Okay. Okay. So let, let's get down to what we, what we kind of wanted to talk to for, for this episode. And uh, here it is, Allie. It, it's late July. And in the past, uh, they have been, uh, well, frost fell in July type of events. So I thought, you know, here we are late July. It would be a perfect time. We're almost, we're halfway through the, through the calendar year. So let's talk about some of the things that would be on our frost fell wish list that we, we wish we had here uh, in the middle of the summer. How does that sound? That sounds good to me. So I bet I know what the first thing on your list is going to be. You probably do. But let me just preface it that it has been hot, as you know. And humid uh, and sticky, so um, I've been a little uh, a little cantankerous, a little little uh, frisky because of the heat. Cranky uh, pants. I have been cranky pants in the heat. I don't like the heat. I don't like sweating, and I do a lot of that, Ellie. Um, and, it, and it's frustrating. So I hope that hasn't made my uh, most joyous time of the year list uh, a little too cranky. Uh, <laughs> But you wanted to take a guess at what is first on my list. So why don't you take a shot at that, Allie? Oh, it has to be giant kill count. And it absolutely is giant kill count. What is wrong? Why cannot giant kill count? Just how hard is this, Allie? I've been, I've been, what's the word I'm looking for? Begging? Yes. Uh, I was almost going to go with bitching about it, but the begging sounds even better. Why, why is something uh, that seems so relatively easy and that we've been told is so relatively easy by members of the team, uh, red names and whatnot, uh, that that shouldn't be that hard to do, but they just can't seem to do it, uh, especially with Giants being such a major part of the story arc. Let's get it out there. I mean, who wouldn't want to be Jack the Giant Slayer? Is it really that hard? Well... Maybe it is hard. All right. Maybe it's not a priority. I think that's true. I'll, I'll give them credit on that. <laughs> Maybe they don't like Delmon. Maybe they don't like giants. Maybe they don't like giants. Maybe Maybe SOE has something against big people. <laughs> All right. So uh, what was something else that we, we were hoping for this holiday season, Allie? Well, one of the things I was kind of hoping we would see, at least by now, the beginnings of, would be a little bit of polish that we've heard uh, some of the team talk about was on the agenda for this year. Um, Fixing broken things, uh, cleaning up inconsistencies, taking care of leftover errors from the past, you know, past updates. And you could almost turn any way in the game and find something that would fall into that category. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think when we had Smoke Jumper on, he talked about the word he used the term polish. Did he not? Mm-hmm. And you know, in in the most recent you know past month, it might have been the May month, we saw uh, Bug Bash coming again, right? You know, people get excited about that when they see that sort of stuff. And oh, lots of little things, lots of old school problems are finally going to get fixed. And I, I think you're right. We haven't been seeing a lot of that. And there's a lot of these uh, uh, little things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just seem to uh, are either broken or they just seem to be uh, forgotten about. I mean, uh, let me bring up my good friend, uh, Dungeon Finder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my buddy Dungeon Finder. There, uh, if you try to Dungeon Find at ninety two, uh, no Sky Shrine in there, which is very odd. Because again, wouldn't you want to think that they would want to be promoting the new stuff? And I actually think I'll go so far as to say this, Ali. I think when it comes to Dungeon Finder and Sky Shrine. I think that the Sky Shrine instances are a little bit more lending to the uh, give me a red, give me a green, and then give me four anybody else's mm-hmm. uh, because they seem to be, and I'm not going to say that they're not, they seem to be less scripty than some of the uh, DOV and certainly some of the Drunder instances. Mm. Uh, so I, I'm surprised that Sky Shrine didn't get in there. Um, uh, maybe it's maybe this is just the first step of Dungeon Finder going away. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe they intend to just drive Dungeon Finder upstate to a farm and leave it, <laughs> um, and and then tell us that. But it it just surprised me. Is it something like that? Why not put your new stuff in there? Uh, if if you do have a commitment to it, maybe maybe the hint is, hey Dell, this is our this is our hint to you that we have no commitment to it anymore. Mm. Uh, that it is being left to die on the vine. Uh, but I I would have thought Sky Shrine. Now that we've seen it play out a little bit and we've run some of those instances, are a little bit more uh, friendly to randomly tossing people together, uh, especially especially where seeing so you have to run into some of those instances uh, during those access quests. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are so many places in in the game that uh, that could use polish. I mean, pretty much anywhere. Like, you know, I betrayed recently mm-hmm. yes. over to Freeport to get the Freeport quest done. And in the process of betraying, uh, now I did all my research ahead of time. So I knew that I could betray from a ranger of Kinos to a ranger of Freeport and not lose any of my master combat arts the dialogue of one of the last NPCs that I'm talking to, there are all these warnings about losing your master spells. And I'm starting to second guess myself. You know, did I miss something here? I knew they changed it. I mean, I knew they changed it, but those, that language is still in there. Those, those, um, you know, be sure you're, you know what you're doing and they give you all these ways to get out of it, to turn back. You know, after this point, there will be no way to turn back. You know, are you 100% sure you want to go to betray? Uh, And I was surprised to see those warnings there uh, after so long after that change has been made. Um, And I've had other people ask me, you know, are you sure you don't lose your spells? Because I'm being told you do. And I said, no, just don't believe the, the NPC. He's lying to you. Mm. Yeah, I have to say, you know, as I've, I've never betrayed myself, so I haven't seen that. Uh, but you would think, I, I would have to agree with you, uh, that's kind of a glaring mistake because uh, you're expecting that NPC, he's, he, he can't hide behind, oh, that's the way he interprets it, right? Uh, that's the lore story, he's wrong. You know, no. Uh, this, this NPC is specifically there guiding you, 
kind of in a manual format, right? He's he's dictating the rules to you mm-hmm. um, in 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 game, uh, so you don't have to research on a web page or something. So they've incorporated it in that, and I applaud them them for that. But if he's giving disinformation, uh, then that needs to be fixed, and and don't hide behind the. Uh, well, he's an NPC, so it's his interpretation of the way the world's happening. <laughs> no, he's 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 a guide. He's there to tell me what is and isn't right. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not flavor. He's he's the <laughs> manual, so he has to be right. So uh, I, I have to agree with that. And I, I'm kind of surprised that something something as glaring as that uh, that 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 manual like NPC is uh, incorrect. It's disappointing. Yeah, it is very disappointing. You you know something else that that I think uh, needs a lot of polish and certainly something that I have uh, beaten like a dead horse, Allie, is the achievements. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, I know what you yeah, uh, <laughs> both from hearing to me whine about it all the time. Uh, but uh, you, you look in there and uh, you see glaring mistakes, such as uh, a sense of urgency on a mob who lives in a contested zone. Yeah. Uh, how is that possible? Somebody think, uh, explain that to me. Maybe it's based on when you, so you have to gear your raid up and make sure that the instance hasn't already spawned so you can run in there, kill them right away and get that. It just, it, it doesn't make sense uh, that a contested mob uh, has a sense of urgency uh, tied to him. Uh, or they have uh, raid mobs, uh, two of the raid mobs in Sky Shrine, nonetheless, uh, relatively recent content here, um, put into the Sky Shrine heroic stones, mm. uh, Hanvar and the uh, Earth Destroyer and uh, that, that raptor out there in uh, the Witherlands. Uh, they're both listed in uh, heroic dungeons. So I'm like, uh, okay, so somebody ran through the list and just slapped them in here. Again, uh, no polish, no, no care, no attention to detail type of thing. And, and the other ones are raid ones, the, the one uh, arc in the, 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 the Dakota there. I can't. I still can't get it right. Dracota, excuse me, though, whose name looks like Anakin Skywalker. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, his still don't work. I, I think it's in the patch notes to get fixed in the next game update. But my goodness, we had to wait an entire game update for uh, something like that to get fixed. Uh, that that's frustrating to see things like that. Uh, these things, I think, shouldn't be broken to begin with. They really should be fixed up front. And okay, sometimes some things slip through, but let's get this polish on right away. We shouldn't have to wait till our shoes are falling apart to, uh, to to decide to get out the shoe polish on some of this stuff and get them cleaned up. Well, you know, you say it's been a game update. How about a couple of years? Uh, okay, you know things like the reitemization mm-hmm. that screwed up a bunch of stuff. Uh, I don't know if they are giving up on that, but. There are still mastercraft. You've heard me complain about this before. There are still mastercrafted jewelry pieces that don't flow in the progression or the the consistency of the rest of the tiers, and leaving mages and priests with no uh, belt or or uh, offhand ring for the level eighty eighty two uh, tier, and then and then. We we at some point changed bows back when the game launched. There was uh, long bows and short bows. Mm-hmm. Now everything's a long bow. There's no distinction, but they're still called. There are still items called long bows. Why they're all long bows? Because I guess you decided the short bows were pointless because nobody used them. Uh, let let and, me ask you: Is that just like in flavor are, text, though? Is that just no? A, no? The, the oh. names of the things. Oh, the actual item field. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's yeah. Called, yeah. Oh, all right. 
And and then there are bows with no agility on them. Okay. Interesting. It's it's frustrating. On Mastercrafted gear, which is that's kind of the baseline, the starting point. You know, you start out with Mastercrafted and then you can work up to legendary and all of that stuff as you go through zones. Why why would it not be right? Yeah, like you say, it's frustrating that some of this stuff is is taking so long to get addressed. Uh, we hear that that fixing this stuff is important to them, but it seems along the way uh, their actions have not spoken as loud as their words, uh, and and I think that's a little frustrating. And I, I'd like to see things get cleaned up because again, you know, the old adage is you only have one chance to make a first impression. Well, if you're SOE, you have. Seven years to make a first impression. <laughs> that is true. Or you just make another free-to-play account, I guess. Uh, you, you only have a free-to-play account to make a first impression. So wh- whether or not, you know, why, why is this stuff taking so long? And, you know, there are, there are concrete examples. Uh, I, certainly there are, there are threads on the forums about some of this stuff. People are still bumping into these things. And uh, I wonder where their priorities are. You know, where are their priorities when it comes to some of this stuff? Uh, is it they're just saying it or they, are they really doing it? Mm-hmm. And these things might seem really petty and small. Uh, and in the grand scheme of things, you know, I can find out very easily that betraying will not take away my master spells. Uh, so it's not a, you know, a, it's not gating me from anything. Uh, mastercrafted gear, eh, it's not that big of a deal, right? It, it's just, it's a bunch of these little small things. It can be extremely frustrating and aggravating to see them continue over so long a time. Uh, I would call it, it's the avalanche effect. Mm. You know, one snowflake, okay, is not a big deal. You put a few of them together and all you have is a snowball. Now, but when we see these things pile up and there's so many of them, mm. uh, it almost becomes a culture. You know, if it was one or two things, that would be one thing, right? But there are so many things like this and so, exa- so many examples, and, and you, you tack on time onto that. Mm-hmm. There are still DOV, you know, I was saying achievements. There are still DOV achievements that are incorrect, Drunder achievements that are incorrect. We're, you know, you said uh, not just the past few months, now we're back into years. Yeah. Right? Uh, and why some of this stuff is taking so long uh, to get addressed uh, when, you know, they should be, you know, working on some of this stuff, uh, especially things that are gating. You know, okay, you know, the short bow, long bow thing is one thing, right? But the achievements do gate you to some degree. You are unable to uh, obtain them properly. Yeah. So uh, Dungeon Finder, you know, okay, it's not there. Well, I guess you go, you resort to what we've been doing, shouting and channel. But there are some things that are certainly gating, gating content and blocking you from achieving certain things. Yes, Absolutely. So what's another thing that uh, would be on your Frostbelly in July wish list still? Well, there, there seems to be, again, we're just talking about culture. There seems to be this, this, this trend of overselling and then underwhelming us when it's delivered. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm starting to get this don't believe the hype mentality and uh there's there's a couple of things that kind of stick out you know first and foremost let's talk about dungeon maker right Mm -hmm. Uh, dungeon maker are um let's even just talk recent history dungeon maker let's not go into ancient history for it just yet recent history uh play as yourself Mm -hmm. the minute the dm hit the streets that's what people were asking for and 
you know, I don't think you have to be a rocket scientist, a game developer, to realize that's what they were going to that that's what players were going to ask for. Right. And they said we're working on it. We we recognize that you guys are going to want to do this, and we are working on it. And uh, so it spent uh, all of uh, Age of Discovery uh, in test, uh, on test, testing it, and all that. Uh, finally hits the servers last week, and uh, oh my goodness, was it exciting, Allie, wasn't it? It was for a few hours, wasn't it? I, I got to be the big dwarf I always wanted to be. <laughs> I was one-shot mobs. There were people running these things, uh, doing them, excited by them, and then 24 hours, 72 hours later, boom, uh, the wheels come off the wagon. Nerf uh, bat. Yeah, out comes the Nerf bat, and they just start swinging like there's no tomorrow. Well, because people were having way too much fun, obviously. <laughs> well, I guess fun is Getting fun is a relative term, right? Fun is a relative well, term. What was fun for for me was getting lots of tokens really super fast with the goal of getting something I actually wanted. Absolutely. That's what I would define as fun, too. I was able to earn my rewards, get what I wanted. I'm looking for two things out of there. Uh, tokens so that I can earn the achievement and tokens so that I can buy stuff with them, right, that I might want. Well, they took away one. They realized, oops, mobs are too easy to kill. So, uh, and, and they said it was a, a problem with one of the, uh, the down-tiering of mobs was down-tiering them too much. Uh, and then the second one was people were getting tokens, buying stuff with them, and then uh, selling them back to the uh, vendor for money. So there was this, some form of, I guess, money laundering through token making. Let's be honest. I mean, that was depressing because here you hype the heck out of something and people were all jazzed about it. They were doing it left and right. And then all of a sudden... Oops, we made a mistake. We didn't really put as much polish or attention on this as we thought. So let's take this out. Let's take that out. I have to be honest. While it was going on, I was so confused as to what state it was in because certain things were being deactivated left and right. And at first, tokens weren't being rewarded. Then the mm-hmm. items weren't on the marketplace. Now they're back on the marketplace. Uh, you know, Mystery for- crates. Right. They forgot to set things to no value. Uh, you know. Oopsie. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Well, and now... Dungeon Maker, I would think, is right back to where it was, if not worse off, because now it's even more of a ghost town because of this. Mm-hmm. They jazzed it up. They promoted this. They said, we're coming with this. You people have been asking for it. Boom, here it is. Boom, we made a mistake. Boom, there it goes. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I would say, I think within a week, Dungeon Maker went right back to where it was. Yes, I would agree. Uh, and that's not even talking about the ancient history of it, where you talk about it being a, and I love the term that you use, Allie, agro house. So for me, a prime example of this whole stop overselling us and underwhelming us is Dungeon Maker, the way it came out. Like you were talking about ancient history. And at this point, it is kind of ancient history. Um, but the way they hyped it sort of sounded to me, or I had the impression that it was going to be more like, a real dungeon that you could actually build, uh, maybe even a simplified version of a real dungeon, which you could take a group into and and run through, similar to a real dungeon, and get some something at the end. You know, you're not going to get any loot inside, which would have been fine, um, but it didn't turn out that way. It turned out like we, we've said in the past, like an aggro house. Uh, and I'm really reluctant anymore to sort of believe. The hype, the claims that, you know, about what great things we can expect. I just fear that um, things won't live up to the expectations that I had 
upon hearing, you know, their sales pitch. Certainly. And, and something we've also heard them sales pitch recently is SOE emote. While I think you can have a lot of discussions of whether or not it, that is a good thing or a bad thing, I actually believe it is a, I think it is a good thing. Uh, where else would they put it other than in, in EverQuest 2? They're probably their most, uh, at this point, successful and recognizable product. But the opportunity uh, that it presents, I, I don't necessarily think that it is going to overwhelm uh, people in EQ2. I, I think everybody who does have a webcam will give it a try. While I can certainly see the practical application for uh, role-playing, I don't think we're going to see it affect any other form of of gameplay and you know would your the players such as yourself or my me uh, will give it a try once and then it'll go back on the shelf even if we do that much with it what i think it does do is present a interesting opportunity uh, for the future uh, and something we can talk about at, a, at another time is i do think that the uh, next generation mmos uh, are going to involve this second screen where you have a front-facing camera-type technology on smartphones, on pads, that sort of stuff, and the ability to track eye movement or hand movement or gesture like that that affects gameplay, I, I think is very nice. And you know, So I think while this was something that they put in today to showcase and show off at, at uh, consumer expos like E3 or, or uh, Comic-Con and stuff like that, I don't necessarily think it's going to uh, change... Uh, the way we're playing EverQuest 2. Uh, so while I think it might be underwhelming, I think it has a lot of potential for down the road. But again, they're going to hype the heck out of this because it is their their new toy. You know, they didn't get socks and underwear. They got SOE remote, and, and they're going to want to play the heck out of it. Uh, but I don't see today that it's going to much change what we can do. While it is cool, I don't think it's going to uh, change anything. Yeah, I I really didn't know what to make of SOE Moat when it first came when they first announced it. Um, my first thought and my current thought is, is, is remains the same that it was announced as a you know essentially it was basically being used as a, a tension getter or you know a press mm-hmm. uh, getter media you know get a little media buzz. And maybe that's just the jaded alley talking. You know, I just don't see it becoming anything big. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> certainly, I think it drives traffic to your booth. Yeah. Did anybody leave E3, for example, and say, oh, my gosh, I got to rush home and download EQ2 because it has this? No. But does it get your name in all the publications? Does it get you on the front page of of things like PC Gamer and, and things like that, absolutely. So while it gets the word out there, I don't think that individual um, attribute or change to the game is certainly going to drive huge sales. I think it actually yeah. poises them for uh, EQ Next more than it poises, poses them for EQ 2 currently. Yeah, I just don't see it being anything in the future either. But I don't know. I could be wrong, of course. Well, I hope it doesn't become cousin to Dungeon Finder, you know, something that gets buzzed for a couple of weeks and then, you know, goes right back on the shelf. Doesn't get any care and feeding. And certainly something that might need, as we were talking about earlier, polish as it really gets out into the wild and people do take advantage of it. Mm-hmm, 
One of the big things that came out a few years ago at Fanfare, one of the big things they hyped was in one of the um, general sessions or whatever you want to call it, the big address, uh, where they they showed this kind of montage of the company and all the game titles and everything. And, and one of the themes through that was we're players. We're not just developers. We're players too, sort of putting themselves on par with us. You and I have talked a little bit, Zell, about this, how we really sort of feel like, well, I don't know if I believe that anymore. We're, the whole we're players too mentality. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, certainly. I think when we talked about the Delmont Angle a couple episodes ago, I certainly, you know, that was something that I had flip-flopped on. And I think I do want them to show us that they are the players that they claim to be. And uh, there have been a lot of recent events that I think if they were, might not have happened. You know, it causes me to question if they are players, then how did things like this happen? And I think, you know, one of the things that I, you know, alluded to at that time too was uh, the EQ2 players site, Mm -hmm. right? If they were players, I don't think it would be in the state that it is today. It is certainly underused because I think a lot of its features are lacking and there is a very good competitor to it. And you certainly know what I'm talking about, Allie, Of course don't you? I know. AEQ to you. Absolutely. Uh, what Felden and Death Dealer have put together there, everybody knows what it is. I want to say everybody has used it. And because, uses it on a regular basis now, I think. Yeah, they didn't just take a cursory look at it and go, oh, that's cool, and then you know, kind of put it away. They go back to it. People use it regularly. Uh, and why, why do I think that is? It's because those two guys are players. They know what players want. They know what they want, again, because they are players, and they've implemented that. You know, they've taken the SOE data feed, and they've used it how we, the royal we, players, want to use it. We have things like wish lists. We have the ability to search for other players and see what they look like, see what they're wearing, see what they've adorned themselves with. So there's a lot of functionality in there that I as a player want, and that's why it's successful and that's why it's useful. And you look at the SOE version of EQ2 Plays and you've got to wonder going, who put this together? I mean, it, it, it's not functional. There's no real usage. While it looks slick and it, it looks real fancy and it's got some really cool bar charts and stuff like that, there's nothing behind it other than it looks slick. Well, I mean, it's the same data feeds behind it. But if you look at EQ2U, you can do so much more because of what they've built, what Felden and Death Dealer have built. You can search that data and, and it organize, it's organized in a rational way, in a way that you is tab, you know, with tabs, it's, it's structured, it's organized. You can use that data to actually, you know, you could search your name, you could search your guild, you can search other people's guilds, you can look by class. You know, if I want to compare myself to all the other rangers on the server, I can look for rangers on my server. I can drill down and look at each person's gear, and I can look at all their stats, and it's laid out on a persona window just like in-game. I can look at their AA lines, and that's, again, uh, structured as it is in-game. 
I can look at basically every every stat that I could possibly want to look at is is on there. And then, like you said, you can look at gear. You can make wish lists. You can sort by particular stats. If I want to find rings that have uh, uh, that are that are you know level ninety to ninety two that have flurry chance on them, uh, I can do that, and I can get a list of all those that and and see uh, you know what the names are, and I can look at the examine window, and it comes up just like it does in game, you know. And one of the things you know you're talking about this since we're on this topic. Something that EQ2U has that the game doesn't have, uh, I've noticed when I am reforging gear, uh, I've been doing a lot of reforging lately, which I didn't really realize how good of a feature this was. So I'll give them credit for that. I didn't realize how good of a feature this was until I started using it. And now I feel like it's almost necessary to have. If if nobody had it, well, I guess I wouldn't feel that way, but... Uh, but now that we have it, I, I almost can't live without it. But since I've been reforging gear, one of the things I want to see is what does it look like once I've reforged it? I forget exactly what I did. I want to go back and, you know, now my stats have changed because I got this new piece of gear. Well, what did I do? What did this piece look like before I reforged it? Well, the only way to do that in game is to actually restore the piece, which costs plat. And... If I go to EQ2U, I can just look at it and see there's a line through what I have changed and there's the addition of the line of uh, the staff that I've added. These are players who have put this together based on the feeds that they're getting. So, you know, they they that data is there. Why isn't it in game? You know, forget about EQ2 players. Why isn't it in game? Why doesn't my examine window show me what's been reforged? It, sh- it says reforged. There's a tag on it, but it doesn't tell me what specific stats have been reforged. So, again, this is a way uh, – uh, um, one of the ways that a player – players are doing something better than the game company. And I think, again, that's because uh, as much as they say they are, they're not certainly in tune with their players. I mean, something as simple as we are talking a few minutes ago about uh, Dungeon Maker. Mm-hmm. And when something drops, a uh, Dungeon Maker spawner drops, mm-hmm. um, you don't know whether or not you have it or you don't. Unless and, you try to examine it, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, and some of them are happen to be uh, no trade. The activators are no trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, they're heirloom. Excuse me. I think they're heirloom. So you're potentially rolling on something that you might not need. And, and maybe someone uh, else, yeah. Absolutely. Again, um, much like shinies have that ability where it's, it's white in the description. If you need it, it's gray. If you don't, you know right away whether or not you have that. Dungeon Maker drops don't seem to have this functionality in it, which is a shame because, again, you know, they put in this thing, and, but I don't know if they really play it through. I mean, I think it's a lot of academic whiteboard stuff, but what happens on a day-to-day basis, on a night-to-night basis when players log in and play? I, I think they're out of tune because – they're not going through the same uh, struggles that we are like that. Something as simple as whether or not an item has a white tag or a gray tag is, is hugely important to us as players on a nightly basis. And I, I don't think they have, they don't have that knowledge. I think there's a disconnect there uh, mm-hmm. because they're not in playing the way we play. Right. Yes. They're not players too. And how many times have we said that? Uh, absolutely. We, we've seen a couple of recent exploits too. Uh, and, and they always seem to couch the statement with, they're always impressed with the ingenuity of players. And yes, I understand that players have uh, 
there's a lot more players and a lot more uh, daydreaming about things than maybe than than on the team. But to me, I I have to say I'm starting to feel like there's a little bit of a of excuse making, a little bit of cop out there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if your players, and to be honest, I would think that the the makers, the guys who spend all day working on this sort of stuff, uh, and think about it daily, and 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 really work work at it, that it wouldn't be ingenuity to them. It, it's kind of a cop out excuse of, "Oops, we didn't think of that." Well, again, that's because you're not out there playing it on a regular basis. There's there's so many opportunities for us to 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 use the crutch of, "Oh, that's players just being." Uh, being smart and thinking things through. Well, why aren't the people who are making it doing the same thing? Why aren't they thinking about players? Why, why is why is loot right so deceiving? Why why is there one mob that drops earrings on on the raid content where every every raider needs two? There is one mob that in Skytrain that drops ears, and we all have to go through that one mob, mm-hmm. right? Uh, why did it take so long? for hard mode drunder to be realized as irrelevant and to get re-itemized. Why? Because I don't think they're playing on a regular basis. They're not going through the same things that we're going through. And I think uh, as a wish list item, I think if they were, if they really played with us, these things wouldn't be such glaring omissions. Yeah, some of the exploits and things that have come out are a little obscure and I wouldn't expect them necessarily to see those right off the bat. Um, but things that are basically kind of a no-brainer when it comes to the games, for example, like you, you said about re-itemizing uh, hard mode Drunder, that should have been kind of thought of when they came out with new content, um, especially when you have two zones, raid zones, that have a lockout timer where you basically you have to go do something else as a raid force while you're waiting for your lockout timers. And that's something else. The gear is less than the new expansion or goose mansion. I, I think that's kind of loot is kind of a no brainer. Uh, unless it was done deliberately. I, I don't know why that would be. And why would it take months to get that done and, and have it and, and have it uh, be sort of after the fact fix. A lot of things are an after the fact fix. Because of that. Uh, absolutely. We, you know, we know breastplates are coming, say, on the Dozakar encounter in the raid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to wonder, you know, you, you, you march through Under Depths and you march through Sevlak Awakened. Uh, there is no building up. The, the loot that we have been seeing up to this point on Dozakar is uh, belts. And I, I, I got to be honest, I don't understand SOE's recent fascination with belt drops. <laughs> There are so many of them. I, I can't even keep them straight. Right. You, you seem to log into game and a belt falls down in front of you. Right. Uh, but, you know, mobs towards the end are dropping very similar things to mobs at the beginning. You know, cloaks and belts and shields. Um, why aren't the mobs at the end dropping the, the, the most valuable items, the breastplates, the, the shoulders, the, the pants? You know, building to a crescendo – ramping up to loot it seems that it, it was just randomly plunked all over the place and done very deceivingly like i said like i said earlier one ear but everybody needs two of them right uh breastplates only uh, initially only seeming to drop off a contested raid mob which uh if you're lucky he's up and then you're lucky if you're first and forced to get to him and then you get one and then you get one 
right? Uh, you know, we've been talking about for so long, and uh, although they they keep saying, "Oh, it's all even," I, I there's still more druid loot out there, right? <laughs> Doesn't it seem there's still more brawlers and druids who have alts of alts who have more stuff? I think people just make more alts so that they can get more gear for that sort of stuff. Um, but again, there's there's no this smooth even progression of loot. It's just randomly all over the place. Uh, mobs with what you would think would be more difficult encounters, the further you go into the zone, have some of the more crappier, oh, I'm sorry, more less desirable items on them, it seems. And and I think if they played regularly, they would see that sort of stuff. They would go through that and go, wait, well, wait a minute, where where do breastplates come from? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, unless, like you say, this truly was their intent. But if that was their intent, then why are they changing it now? And why did it take so long? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. throughout this goose mansion, this this fifth of a level, uh, of a tier, mm-hmm. uh, to get addressed. Uh, I think if they came and played with us, they would see some of this stuff. Some of the stuff that that confuses us causes us to scratch our heads and wonder why. It, it, it I can only assume that they are designing in a vacuum. Yeah, I mean. Going back a, a smidge to uh, EQ2 players and EQ2U. EQ2U is, you know, I think it's safe to say everything that EQ2 players really should have been. Uh, you know, those guys give us what we want before we even know we want it. And it seems to me that SOE should be giving us what we want before we know we want it. Uh, yeah. If If they're in fact players... They should be giving us what we want before we know we want it. You're right. Going back to my loot thing, it shouldn't be up to us as players to make posts on the forums to point it out that there is a huge disparity in where breastplates come from or in how loot is balanced throughout a zone. Uh, that only one one of these is too little when you have to gear up all these people. And uh, certainly I don't want to get on my smart loot uh, soapbox again, but there needs to be some form of that. Uh, and again, I think if they played through it and struggled with us and, and time and time again, why why are we into certain alts for some classes, yet there are other groups who are just getting uh, burned by the random number generator over and over again? Uh, I think they would see that and see the frustration levels in players on a nightly basis if they were really out there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I, I guess I just, I'd like to see them, you know, prove through action that they are players, not just through words on a PowerPoint slide. Actually show it to us by doing things that players do, implementing things that we we know, and as you say, before we even know it. I think we can um, hope for that in the next iteration of the EverQuest franchise, uh, but I wouldn't hold my breath for that happening in EQ2. Yeah. Really. You're probably right. I there. don't see that happening. <laughs> Mandatory gameplay now with the smaller team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see that happening. <laughs> well, <laughs> certainly if it's not mandatory gameplay with, with Planet Side 2. Yeah. Please, please. And that's one more thing. Please keep Planet Side 2 out of my peanut butter. <laughs> you know, we see so much of your hyping that game. I understand that it's your next, next, uh, next title to come out. But if I was interested in Planet Side information, I'd sign up for those Twitter feeds and those mm-hmm. Facebook pages. We don't need it plastered across all your brands. That's. That's a little thing that's just driving me batty when they're hyping so much on Planet Side. Uh, how about we talk about EverQuest 2? How about we see original content from the community team like the community chest, remember that, or the town crier? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How, about, how about more original content, less what's new in Station Cash? 
Well, well and you, you talked about, you know, seeing Planetside 2 everywhere. You, you see it on the launcher. You know, the launch pad for when you're going into the game, into EverQuest 2. They're, they're all their little news blurbs, which are, I don't know, I guess just news blurbs. Yeah, news, I think uh, that stuff's being fed off. releases or whatever. Yeah, that's being fed off the EverQuest 2 site. You know, those same items match that. But again, it's all about, it's about downtime, station cash, and planet side. Mm-hmm. You know? Downtime. Down so how about more original content? Hype fan sites like EQ2Wire. You know, uh, talk about uh, cool houses or cool dungeons. Show me original content. Um, you know, we saw a little of that with the uh, with the Poets Palace dungeon making contest. Mm-hmm. You know, which you know, again, even at times there were so many defects in the Poets Palace thing before that first started coming out that they had to fix that in the middle of their own contest. Mm-hmm. You know, again, they, are they really playing this stuff, uh, or are they just slapping it on test, hoping somebody figures it out for them, and then maybe they'll address it even when we point it out to them. Mm-hmm. Very frustrating. Uh, so, yeah, be the players. Be the EverQuest 2 players. Let me even bring it back down. Be the EverQuest 2 players, right? Mm-hmm. Not the planetside players. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so, you know, that, I think that just wraps us up a little bit for, you know, what we're hoping here for, you know, for our Frostfell in July list, wish list. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk about uh, something we wish we knew when we were noobs, Allie. Well, I was taught something that I wished I knew a few months ago, actually. Uh, And I got to give credit to my favorite dirge for this little tip about being able to quick tag somebody. Uh, You can actually quick tag somebody, you know, with the little skull or the uh, diamond or the star or whatever or numbers. Mm -hmm. I love that feature. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, you know, it's used in raids and stuff all the time. Uh, but if you want to tag somebody easily, you can do it without bringing, you know, you bring up the little tag menu when you right click on their name in the target window. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's, a, there's a bar that comes up with all these options for you just press the button. But if you drag that button over onto your hot bar, say you want to use the pink star all the time, uh, you can drag that little pink star onto your hot bar. And you don't have to bring up the taggy menu at all anymore. You can just target the person and hit the little star, which I didn't know you could do. I have to say I didn't know that either. And I love that feature. I, again, the tagging, something I didn't think we needed, but, you know, certainly we use. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, because I love putting the skull and crossbones over our raid leader when he runs off without the rest of the raid force to remind him he's going to end up dead because his healers are still back looking at loot. I'm sure he's paying attention to the skull and crossbones that you put over him. Uh, no, but it helps me because I see the little crossbones getting smaller and smaller. That means he's <laughs> running off to pull the next mob on me. What's something you wish you knew, Del? Uh, this is something I think I've known but I've forgotten about, so it's something I wanted to re-remind myself about. Um, and, and certainly it's come up because a lot of folks have been cl- complaining about uh, client issues with lag and whatnot. We have the uh, little performance meter in-game, if you can bring that up using the uh, by default, the F11 key. And there's a whole bunch of numbers in there, and they're always changing. And I can never remember which are which. So I finally decided, look that stuff up, put it on a sticky so you can remember it. And, you know, and I don't know how many other people uh, forget what those numbers are for. Uh, just quickly, the, the blue number is ping. Uh, the red number is packet loss. Hope that's zero. Uh, and yellow is bytes. Uh, and the green large number by default is uh, frames per second. Uh, I, I always see those up there, and I always forget which ones are which. Uh, but so there they are in, in order coming down. It's ping, 
packet loss, bytes, and then the big green number is your uh, frames. Uh, it's a good way to help keep an idea of how well you're doing in-game. I don't know if a lot of people keep F11 up. Uh, I try to. Uh, sometimes I accidentally hit F11, close it, and then when I'm lagging, I, I go to look for it, and it's never there. So uh, just a little something there that I, I wish I knew. I wish I'd keep that uh, a little bit more handy, and I'm going to do that now with a yellow sticky here on the side of my Dell monitor. Which uh, one do you have? I have mine up all the time, too, and I have it uh, set to red for packet loss being uh, the main bar chart. Which one do you use as your main window? I use frames. Ah. I use frames, and it's frustrating when I see, like, three during raid. Mm. You know, then I see the tank die. But fortunately, he had the skull and crossbones over his head. (laughs) So how about uh, are you smarter than uh, Delmon this week? I am smarter than Delmon. All righty. Let's prove it then, shall we? That's not not a challenge. Okay, Del, your category this week is this and that. I will choose this and that. I like (laughs) that. This actually is a two-parter. Oh, boy. Part one, monk spell or yoga pose? I'm going to give you. Yoga pose. Oh. I'm going to give you a name. And you're going to tell me if it's a monk spell mm-hmm. or a yoga pose. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Are you ready? You're ready? Yes. yes. I'm ready. This sounds fun. Reclining hero. I'm going to go with monk pose. No. Uh, <laughs> you I'm can't gonna... mix and match. No, I know. Uh, what's funny about this is I have an evil monk and I don't know some of these. Uh, I'm going to go with yoga pose. That is correct. Okay. Tiger style. That sounds like a monk spell. That is correct. Royal pigeon. Monk spell. Eh, eh, eh. Really? That's a yoga pose. Okay. (laughs) I was doing so well for a moment. Rising dragon. I'm going to go with yoga pose. No, (laughs) that's a monk spell. Damn it. Crescent moon. Monk pose. Monk, no, monk spell. Excuse me, monk spell. No, no. that's a yoga pose. Crescent strike. That sounds like a monk spell. That is a monk spell. All right. Distinguished hero. Well, there was crouching. Uh, yoga pose. That is correct. Okay. Waking dragon. Why do some of these sound like they could be both? <laughs> and I feel there's going to be a trick question in here. There is going to be a both one. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Monk Spell. That is correct. All right. Outward Calm. Monk Spell. Yes. Four-limbed Staff. Yoga Pose. Yes, that is correct. I got more if you want them, but let's move on to part two. Okay. Let's see. Wait. Let's, let's quick tally here. Two... You got seven out of ten. Not bad. And that's not terrible. It's about a C grade. That's 70%. Yeah. Okay, part two. Predator combat art, Jackie Chan movie, or both? (laughs) (laughs) Predator to spell Jackie Chan. Okay. I got to be honest. uh, I don't know too many Jackie Chan movies, so this shouldn't be interesting. It's just a guess. I mean, you you don't have to. Or both. All right. Name the Jackie Chan movies. You just have to say whether it is or is not. All right. So Predator, Combat Art, Jackie Chan movie, or both. All right. 
Deadly focus. Predator spell. Combat art. Oh, predator combat art, excuse me. Predator. Correct. Okay. Twin dragons. Jackie Chan movie. Very good. You're doing really well. Villainy. Uh, predator combat art. That is correct. Thunderbolt. Uh, I got to go with Predator because I've never heard of a movie called Thunderbolt. Predator combat <laughs> art. It's actually a Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, all I was thinking was Thunderbolt. <laughs> the, the Bond movie. Mortal Blade. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, let's try uh, Let's try Predator on that one. Yes, it is okay. Predator Combat Art. Dragon Fist. Both. Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> Damn it. Ambush. That is definitely a Predator spell, uh, Combat Art. Uh, unfortunately, it's also a Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> <Damn> it. <laughs> it's both. Although, technically, he doesn't appear in the credits. He was an uncredited extra in that movie. Okay. Well, that's all right. See ya. <laughs> Lightning strike. Lightning strike. Uh, predator combat art. Very good. Angry ranger. Oh, wow. Uh, let's go with predator combat art. That's <laughs> Jackie Chan movie. Really? You made a movie called Angry Ranger? He produced it. All right. Bloody Reminder. Bloody Reminder. That sounds like both. No, that's just a Predator comment. <laughs> All right. Not doing well here. Well, you can have extra ones, but that's pretty much it. Oh, all right. Do you like me- some more? Do you like those? Give me one more because I-, I feel I need to redeem myself here. Give me one more. Everlasting Regret. I'm going to go with Predator Combat Art. No. Oh. <laughs> Jackie Chan. I got to tell you, the only Jackie Chan movie I know is the one with Owen Wilson. I think it was called Shanghai Nights. <laughs> and maybe Rumble in the Bronx. Was that him? I don't yeah, know. No, I don't think those could be construed as Predator Combat Arts. Yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> Shanghai Nights, maybe. Oh, wow. How did I do on that then? Because this Not is going downhill. Three, four. You got five. Five out of? Out of Ten. Ten. Fifty percent. That's not. Well, good. You got five out of eleven if you counted the extra one. Wow. All right. That. <laughs> that Just was be glad I didn't give you all the extras for the uh, the monk. Ugh. Monk yoga. Yoga monk. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I, you know, I I have a brawler, and, and I don't even. Know. If you ask me what the icons look like, I might know, <laughs> but uh, I don't know the names of these things. <laughs> oh boy. The question is, can you do can you do the four limbed staff yoga pose? <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. So I think I think I'll say maybe. <laughs> uh but in the privacy of my own home. So the answer will be yes. All right. The four the four limbed what? The four limbed staff. Four limbed staff. Oh, all right. Uh, All right, before we go any further, then, uh, was there anything else we had for this, the 48th episode of EQ2 Talk? I think that's plenty. All right, so first, let's say thank you very much to everybody who took the time to download the podcast. We certainly do hope that you enjoyed it. Let's also give a a big shout-out to this week's uh, corporate sponsor, Ali, uh, the (laughs) Naked J Company, makers of flavored vodka. Comes in uh, regular vodka, 
I don't know what regular vodka is. It's vodka, uh, whipped cream, and uh, big dill, Allie. <laughs> so let me ask you. You're sitting home alone, and there's, some, there's a naked J in front of you, and you wonder what you should do? Well, that's right, Allie. You should reach for and enjoy a dirty pickle. <laughs> and if you're wondering what goes into the dirty pickle, it's, by the way, which is not a monk or combat monk combat or, or, or yoga pose uh it's a little uh naked uh j uh big dill vodka a little dry vermouth a little olive juice of course it sounds like a dirty martini and hence that's where you get an enjoyable dirty pickle alley uh, by the way it is shaken not stirred i've always wanted more pickle in my vodka oh really <laughs> I thought you were going to say more pickle in your podcast. All right, Allie. So if folks want to get in touch with us, how can they do that? Well, they can reach us in game. I'm at eq2.unrest.alicious, A-L-I-S-C-I-O-U-S. And I'm eq2.unrest.delmon, D-E-L-L-M-O-N. They can send us an email. I'm Allie at eq2talk.com. And I'm Delmon at eq2talk.com. They can also join our in-game chat channel, which is eq2.unrest.eq2talk. Or guess what? They can also check us out there over on the Facebook, where we are facebook.com slash eq2talk. And hey, if you're one of those Twitter folks, you can follow us there as well, where we're at eq2talk. Allie, let's say that's it. Shall we? That's it. We hope you all come back now. You're here. And say good night, Allie. Good night, Allie. Like, what are you doing? I don't know. I... Like, you're outroing some other show. <laughs> what was that? Very lusty about it. And at some point, she wants the pickle. <laughs> now that we're done getting your bushes trimmed. The, the landscapers decided to come and trim the hedges today. And now I'll stop the recording. <laughs> Good job. Y'all come back now, you hear?